Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Here we are, episode 15, and we're talking about pastoral priority number five, which is evangelism and disciple making. Let's pray. Father, I just ask that you would help me say the things that I need to say. I ask that you would help this to be clear and helpful and enjoyable for the listeners. God, I, I pray that those who are investing their time into considering pastoral ministry would be helped and that ultimately you would be honored and congregations would be served. And uh, Father, just lead my words. I trust that you, Holy Spirit, just point us to Jesus. And that's in his name we pray. Amen. Okay, these two aspects in the pastoral priorities. We've labeled it in one priority, pastoral priority number five. And you know, we've been working through these pastoral priorities, answering the question, what does a pastor do? And here we are at this fifth priority. And we're beginning to talk about a few things um, from pastoral priority number five, six, and seven that typically pastors want to opt out of. And the way that pastors opt out of evangelism and discipleship is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And what I want to do at the beginning of this podcast is clear up what I think is a subtle, but even though it's subtle, it has far-reaching implications to the negative if understood wrongly. And it's a passage in 4.11 where Paul introduces the plurality of giftings within an elder team or within a leadership team within a church in verse 11. Mistakenly, this has been called the fivefold ministry, and maybe we can talk about that another day. But in verse 11 of chapter 4 in Ephesians, it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And then in verse 12, here it is, To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. I've heard of many, many pastors, and even one recently, who said, Pastor, it's not your job to do the work of ministry, but to equip the body for the work of ministry. And it seems very clear in that passage. And of course, we want to say, yes, pastors are to equip the members for the work of ministry. But here's the truth, Pastor. You are a church member as well. A pastor who equips others to do his job and then says, well, that's my job is to equip others to do this and then opt out of things like evangelism, discipleship, hospital visits, home visits, spiritual care, those sorts of things, as a pastor who's neglecting his very responsibilities. So don't use Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 to say, I don't do the work of ministry. Yes, you do. You equip others to do ministry, and you do as well. You don't get to opt out of things like evangelism and discipleship. If you've talked about that before, make sure you clear that up because you've been getting that wrong. (laughs) You do the work of ministry as well. Equip others, but you do it also. So now let's talk about evangelism and discipleship. Pastor, don't make the mistake also of relegating evangelism and discipleship to the organization of the church. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 was given to the apostles. It was given to the people of the church, the leaders of the church. In other words, it's not Christ Church of Carbondale, where I pastor, it's not Christ Church Carbondale's organizational responsibility to make disciples and evangelize. It's the members of Christ Church Carbondale whom the commission is given to. So it's not about getting people plugged in to three points of contact in the church and if we can get them in small groups and Sunday service Sunday service, and then on a serve team we are um, making disciples. Or if we can just get them there on a Sunday morning to gather on a Sunday morning worship service, we're, we're evangelizing. 
or it's not about equipping all the leaders of the church to do these things, and then, like I said earlier, opting out. We cannot relegate evangelism and disciple-making to organizations. The members of those organizations, the pastors and leaders of those organizations, have to take responsibility to do this. The people are to make disciples, not the organization, although there are organizational implications. But the Great Commission goes to people. And pastor, the Great Commission goes to you. And a prerequisite of the Great Commission of baptizing them and teaching them all that I have commanded you as Jesus commissions us, a prerequisite of that is evangelism. So, Pastor, I want to challenge you. Are you evangelizing? Are you evangelizing? Are you telling people the gospel of Jesus? I mean, going out, talking to people. Now, most of your time is going to be spent, and rightly so, with believers. Pastor, don't feel guilty for spending a ton of time with believers. That's what you're supposed to do. You are a shepherd of the sheep. But you are also living a pattern of life, going to a gas station, getting groceries, going out to eat, doing recreational activities, and in those, op- in those times, there are opportunities that God will give you that we have to see and we have to take advantage of because evangelism for us isn't primarily going to happen in the workplace. Even if you're bivocational, you're going to have limited opportunities with people, but you're going to have to take every opportunity that you can to evangelize, to do the work of evangelism. That's what Paul tells Timothy to do, do the work of an evangelist. You may say, I'm not gifted necessarily with evangelism. Well, we're still commissioned to do the work of an evangelist, so you're going to have to find opportunities. The easiest way that i found to do evangelism, this is how I do it. you got to find out how it works for you. The way I get into talking about the gospel is simply asking people, hey, can I ask you a question? Are you a Christian or are you religious in any way? And then often I'll get a response back, well, I'm Catholic or I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. That was the most recent conversation that I'd had. And then I move forward from there. Well, can I tell you about the difference between Christianity and every other religious system in the world? And then I'll talk about how Christianity is the only message that says God comes to save sinners. And all other religious systems in the world are about sinners trying to reach their way to God or about really good people trying to reach their way to God and steering clear of the word sinners. But find a way to have those conversations with people and be and do the work of an evangelist pastor. Don't opt out by training your people in power evangelism or evangelism explosion or Ray Comfort and the work of the master and just train them, train them, train them and never do it. By the grace of God, do the work of an evangelist. And then, disciple making. The question we ask at our church all the time is, who are you discipling and who is discipling you? The question rings through this microphone into your earbuds or into your car stereo. Who is discipling you, pastor? And who are you discipling? Names would be important here. Again, if we relegate this to the church, we can say, well, I'm discipling all the people at the church because the church structures are taking care of that discipleship. People are coming on Sunday mornings. People are on a small group or in a small group or in a Sunday school. And people are serving on a serve team. So we've got these three points of contact and we're able to measure who's being discipled. The problem is there are people who can be in those three points of contact and they don't know Jesus at all. They can be doing those three things, but they're not actually healthy Christians. So who are the names of the people that you're discipling? And who are the names of the people who are discipling you? 2 Timothy 2.2 says this, And what you have heard me say and heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust a faithful men who will be able to teach it to others also. Who are the men that you're entrusting with the gospel? Who are the people in your congregation that you are entrusting with the gospel who will be able to do that for others also? Now we're talking about second generation disciple 
making? Who are the disciples that you have made that are now making disciples? By the grace of God, do this work. This is the basic, some basic things of Christian ministry, but this is pastoral priority number five. What our pastors do at our church is we talk through, if we're full-time and none of us are right now, we think we can disciple six to eight men, and that's how we focus on it. We have wives that are great disciple-makers that are discipling, discipling the women of our church. We take the Billy Graham rule seriously, offend who it may. We really don't care. We want to disciple men as men, and our ladies are commissioned to disciple the ladies in one-on-one relationships, and that's for us how we've kind of defined disciple-making. You know, I was sitting around a think tank group one time years ago, and the, the question was asked, how do you make disciples? And there was a group of older pastors in the room, and they had blank faces. They were staring at each other, and they were confused, asking the question themselves, how do we make disciples? And it was at that moment, 10 years ago, I knew I don't want to be asking this question for the next 30 years. I just want to do something. And pastor, if you're struggling to find out how to make disciples or what you're exactly supposed to do, let me challenge you with this. Just do something. And then beyond just do something, here are two resources that I found really helpful. Get somebody, meet with them one-on-one, and go through a little book called Just for Starters. It's published by uh, Matthias Media. I'll give you a link for that in the show notes. And then... Get online and buy The Gospel-Centered Life by Bob Thune. And in that book, it it is a phenomenal pathway for discipleship because it can help you get some handles on spiritual growth areas of your life and spiritual growth areas of the life of the man that you're discipling. And so if you don't know what to do, just do something. Grab those books, go through them with somebody, and then just open the Bible and teach people how to pray and teach people how to read the Word and then invite others into your life who are a little bit further in life than you, and even maybe even some men that are less spiritually healthy than you, but men that you can learn from, and then just learn. Soak up everything you can soak up from them, and be the example of a person who's willing to learn from people who are a little bit ahead of you. Maybe it's just in life, but be that example for the believers. This is pastoral priority number five. Evangelism and disciple-making. Take it seriously and trust that Jesus will work. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.